Eat up with tax, don't know what to do The Bryson's are here for you We know every tip and trick A serious tax talk with a Louisiana twist Hello, hello. It's great to see you, and welcome back to another edition of Talkin' Tax. I'm your host, Ryan Ruff, and as you know, on this show, it's Serious Tax Talk with a Louisiana twist. I've got Carrie and Angie Bryson, the co-founders of the Bryson Law Firm, LLC. They'll be joining me momentarily, but first, look, we want to thank you, our audience, for finding your way here back to the show. As you know, each episode, Carrie, Angie, and myself, we tackle different tax talk, you know, tax-related subjects. You know, we tap into their years' worth of experience experience in this space. You know, we learn about some of the cases that they've worked on in the past. And then of course we talk about some strategies on how to mitigate some of these circumstances should the IRS come knocking. Today, you know, hey look, today's a special episode because we've got our Facebook live stream going. So if you are in the audience and you're joining us live on Facebook on the Bryson's page, we thank you for being a part of it. Feel free to leave a comment or even a question below for us. We'll be monitoring that as the show's going on today and we'll do our best to try and acknowledge any of your questions or comments excuse me, comments uh, along the way. So uh, either way, let us know where you're watching from or feel free to leave a, uh, you know, a question for us below. If Again, though, if you're checking us out, maybe on YouTube or a podcasting platform after the fact, hey, all the same, great to have you with us still. But uh, that being said, let's get into our topic of the day. The topic of the day is a lien versus a levy. We're going to get into what they are, what the differences are between them, and then, of course, the strategies that you'll need to get out of some of these situations that the IRS might put you in. So that being said, let's go ahead and bring Carrie and Angie out to get today's conversation rolling. Carrie, Angie, great to see you guys. How you doing? Great. How are you? I'm doing, doing well. Doing well. well. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, guys. Yeah, broadcast. Yeah, absolutely. Got the live show going today. Uh, you know, uh, I'm already seeing we got a handful of viewers that are with us right now. So again, for any live viewers, feel free to leave a comment or question below. Let us know where you're watching from. We'll do our best to answer any questions, of course, along the way. Uh, that being said, guys, liens versus levies. That's the topic at hand today. I think the best place for us to start is what are they? Let's start with liens first. Uh, you know, give us that high level overview of what we're looking at when we say a lien. Go ahead. Usually, I'm about to say, usually we start with Angie. So, I mean, one, <laughs> we just, let's, let's go. So, Aline, the, the, the quickest analogy I can make, uh, or it's not, re not really an analogy, is, is basically a mortgage. Um, it is the IRS's way to notify uh, the world, essentially, that you, that potentially you as a taxpayer uh, owe taxes to the IRS that are unpaid. And it is a way for them, uh, the IRS, to secure its position as a creditor uh, with the rest of the world uh, uh, with, over your property. So it is an encumbrance on your property, um, and it's a, a way for the IRS to secure its position. So if you have a bank or a mortgage, hold, a mortgage company that you owe, mo owe money to, which most people do, um, they would maybe first because you got the mortgage whenever you bought your home. Mm -hmm. um, then the IRS potentially would be second. Um, if there's someone else who's got another mortgage out there, then they may be third. Um, or you have a, like a refi or a second mortgage. That basically in a nutshell is a lien. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's very different from a levy, which I'll yeah, and, and, and I'll, I'll add on the lien, though, uh, because I've experienced a lot in, in the practice. And, and it's probably a, a point that's more legal than then it, you know, yeah. but, I know but where this is going. every now and then I, you know, I will get a little legal. I know that, but, but anyway, 
Uh, the point I would make, though, is the way the, the statutes are written on liens. Um, the lien actually arises the moment, the very second that the taxpayer incurs an obligation. Okay? So as soon as you file a return, and don't, as soon as you owe the government, the lien actually arises. Um, and, and a lot of taxpayers, you know, they, 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 they miss that point because and it has to do, like I said, legally, because this is where the ranking of the mar in, in the rankings, and we have to pay attention to this because it's the actual day, the moment the, the obligation uh, uh, arose. So the filing, of the, the filing is not, not the lien. The filing is a notice of lien. And that's effective as to third parties. We all know that third parties can rely on the public records, da 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 da. So if they look and there's no lien filed, no notice, then then they can deal with that taxpayers if there's a lien. But between the the taxpayer and the government, the lien is already already there. Sure. And that's just from our in a controversy mm -hmm. that we do that that that's important for us. It's important for us for for the public. You know, if they're they're able to rely on the public record. So if the public records has no lien, then that person has no has no tax uh, lien at the time. The notice has to be filed to be effective. So gotcha. I would just make a little bitty point about tax liens. It's just a little different. Right. People don't realize that. Sure. And, and no, yes. And no. And, and, you know, so the IRS, once again, is the super creditor because other other creditors, of course, they have to. There's a whole different. That's a different ballgame. But the IRS, they're the super creditor. They have special rules in place. And that's one of the special rules. Gotcha. I mean, Carrie, you took the words right out of my mouth. My next question was, you know, how does somebody even get a lien placed on it? It sounds like it's once a debt is owed to the IRS and, and it's a matter of them coming to collect. Uh, so this is one way of collecting, if you will. Let's dive into what a levy is. Give us what that high level overview of what a levy looks like and, and, uh, and where this situation might come into play. Yeah. Uh, you want me to do it? Or you yeah, want go ahead. Okay. All right. Levies. So uh, the, the general basic levy. Okay. There's two types. You know, there's the one-time levy and then there's the continuing levy. And it's very important. And, you know, unfortunately for the public, which of course I think sometimes intentionally, the IRS get uses them improperly. They'll use the the continuing levy as a one-time levy so that they don't have to keep doing the work to keep filing the levy. Because a one-time levy is, is simply that. It's filed. It's one time. It's what, what, wherever they filed it. Usually, you know, it's, it's a, a bank a levy. A bank levy. A bank levy is a classic right. example of a one-time levy. So when they file that levy, whatever they have at that moment is seized. You can technically go the next day and deposit fifty thousand dollars, and that's not subject to the levy. Now the banks, of course, who do not want the IRS looking at all them all the time. Well, you know, they're going to honor, they do all kind of crazy stuff. And then it becomes an issue. Then the IRS just takes a position with well, us between your bank and, and give it all and to you. me. Yeah. We, you know, <laughs> we're not, we, you know, and they're certainly not going to give it back once the bank makes that mistake. Yeah. So, you know, but a one time levy is, like I said, it is the one time thing. The continuing levy, the classic example is the wage levy, which you have to be a wage earner, you know. But if you're a wage earner and they file it, it's a garnishment of wages, basically. And that continues until it's the IRS uh, releases it. So they only have to do that one time, and it stays on. Um, but like when you get independent contractors and things like that, they'll try to use a wage levy. And, you know, of course, employers, most employers, I mean, I can't, you know, we get calls all, you know, a lot of calls from employers who don't really have a tax liability, but they have their favorite independent contractor employee just got to, what do they do? How do we handle this? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, you know, there's rules in place as to how you handle that. But uh, that's a common issue is that independent contractors, 
have a wage levy filed against them, which is a continuing levy, and they feel like they have to, and that's not accurate. And the IRS has used that improperly. It's wrong. It shouldn't be honored. It's, you know, but, you know, when you tell an employer that who doesn't want the IRS on them, everybody defers to, oh, I don't want the IRS coming after me. I'm going to do whatever I can to keep them out of, out of my hair. So, well, I would add uh, the, the biggest uh, exa uh, way to describe the difference between, I know we're not there yet, but the, a levy is an active way to, to collect the tax. So they are going to grab Somehow grab your money, seize your yeah, money. The, the levy is the seizure. So they're going to go to your bank account and, you know, grab what's there. They're going to go to your pay, your paycheck, grab what's there, uh, levy your customers. If you have customers and things like that, that's an active way to grab money to pay the taxes. The lien is a more passive way to, to secure the IRS's position, which can lead into the active portion of, of collection. But it it's just a passive, hey – this person has has a tax problem. And so the reason I'm saying that is because we have a lot of uh, people call and say, oh, I got a lien and everything's seized. So the first question we have to ask is, wait, time out. Is it a lien or a levy? You got to notice a federal tax lien. You're good. Your house is not seized or your mm -hmm. property is still safe. So don't panic. I mean, you do have an issue, clearly. But um that's a huge differentiating factor when people call in and, and say, I got a levy, I got a lien. Well, which one is it? Let me see it, you know? And, yeah. and, and not to get too granular, but oh, I probably should have said too, uh, like a lien filed, it's, it's filed in the county parish in Louisiana. It's parish. parishes. You it's know a it. parish. In the parish. Yeah, I know it's a parish. <laughs> uh, in the parishes where, you know, but it only affects immovable property in that parish. So yes. if I have land in an adjoining parish, it doesn't affect that at all. It has no effect on it. Now, the problem becomes, once again, you know, the public, they look at it. They check the public records. They see that they see. So then everybody knows that you have a tax problem. Well, then sure. they really, even though it's in, it doesn't affect that piece of property. It's, it's, you know, but it is, uh, it is only effective. Now, the IRS does also have the right to file in the UCC records, which would be movable properties. Not commonly done, but it is done in some cases. Mm -hmm. So we be careful with those because the move that's kind of more of a you can get kind of statewide on the movables but uh anyway so that that's probably should have mentioned that right yeah. no no it's all good stuff and and that was going to be my next question it's kind of given us that that fundamental difference between the two and it sounds just like angie had said you know it's an active seizing of you know money assets when it comes to the levy side of things whereas a lien i don't want to say it's a warning but it's uh it they're asserting their position um so that being they're, said let's let's talk yeah right but, but they're asserting their position but if mm -hmm. you know if they have a lien filed and you sell that piece of property then it it then they get all the money. So it's, sure. it's, it, it's just a path. They're just sitting back and waiting. They have you, they, they really have, uh, for lack of a better word to put it, they've cramped your style as a taxpayer. <laughs> now you can't sell that property without them getting paid. And, and guys, my, so that sounds like it's one of those intangible, um, you know, elements that comes into play when a lien is placed on your assets. Are there any other, you know, really pertinent things that the taxpayer should be aware of if a lien is placed on a given asset of theirs? I know, I know we're using home as the example, but can it be placed on other assets and what might be the repercussions of that? Well, it covers, it covers all of your immovable property, uh, in that parish. Okay. Uh, it's not just your home. So if I own, um, Carrie and Angie own a home and we own um, a piece of land and it's in our names, that's the big differentiating factor. So 
you know, if, if Bryson Law Firm had a tax problem uh, and they filed a lien against us within our name, it would not affect BLF property. It would only affect our personal property, but it affects everything. Um, so it's not limited to just residence, uh, proper, you know, residential property. It's whatever you own in that parish yeah, or county. Yeah. The, the lien doesn't specify the property. Right. It specifies it's everything in the, the taxpayer. It specifies the taxpayer and the amount owed, which doesn't even do that because it, it's That's misleading. Fluid. Right. Because yeah. it's a very fluid number because penalties and interest are going every day. So sure. it, 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 it does say that this is the amount this day, da, 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 da. so it has to be calculated. You can't use right. that as a payment. It's just a notice. It's yeah. just a... There's Got something it. he sort yeah, of payments could flagged. be made and da, da da da. So it has nothing to do really with the amount, other than they do put the amount in. The, yeah. I mean, payments could have been made. This could have been credits mm -hmm. could have been. So it's it's you can't use it as a as a payoff. You know, a normal creditor has to file a lawsuit, unless you grant them a mortgage, which is contractual, right? Mm -hmm. So a normal creditor that you owe money to, I don't know, whatever, just to say a credit card company or whatever, um, has to take you to court. They have to you have a hearing. And you have, have to have someone actively on behalf of the court or you have to consent to a judgment. And then that judgment is taken to the courthouse and recorded and, and it basically acts as a lien on, you know, secures the creditor's position on your property. The IRS doesn't have to do that. And that's why mm -hmm. Carrie's calling, him, calling the IRS a super creditor. And that's why people, you know, taxpayers, general public basically gets blindsided a lot of times with this, oh, wait, I went to buy a car and I have a lien. I never, I never even knew I had a lien. Uh, maybe would have done something different if I'd have, un I would have understood the process. So all the IRS has to do is to, you know, you have a balance due, they send out wow. a 30 day notice and there's the lien. That lien mm -hmm. can come about the 31st day or they can file it eight years later. There's no wow. rhyme or reason to when it will, when it will essentially pop up. And uh, it's the same with levies. I mean, the, the well, levies is, too, but it's I mean, even more, you know, to, before I, you know, if you owed me money on some obligation and before I could garnish your wages yeah, yeah, or yeah, try yeah, to collect yeah. this, I have to go to court and get a judge. Like Angie said, I got to get a judge involved. There's a judge you involved just take it. that, you know, in, it, that protects my rights, your rights, everybody's rights and make sure it's done. The IRS has no response, no obligation to do anything other than file it. And it's, right. it's not a judge involved. You know, it's an IRS employee, a bureaucrat, in making that decision to issue that lien or levy, and that's it. There's no judge. There's no not even a lawyer involved. At it's that a point. unilateral system. Let's be yeah, real. Yeah, it's very. Yeah. That, that's why I always call them the super creditor, and they are. I mean, they're, they're, right. they're, there's no way around it. They're a super creditor. Right. Uh, guys, in staying with the, you know, staying with liens before we transition back over to levies, let's play the game of hypotheticals here. Let's say, you know, I've got a lien. Uh, they've hit me with something, you know, for my house. Walk me through what that meeting would look like if I was to come into your office, show you my documentation, show you, uh, you know, what I'm up against here, and what would be some strategies and best, you know, best steps forward. The lien, um, you know, in fact, like, you know, the first thing we would say is, look, the lien is on. It's very passive. It's a passive thing. Let's deal with the problem. Let's fix your problem. And, you know, unfortunately for you, this lien is not going to come off until we, the taxes are paid until we resolve this liability. Okay. Um, so I, that would, that would be the first, the first, uh, yeah, resolve it some way, settlement payment, whatever we're going to do. They got to go away. Uh, they, we we got to get rid of this tax problem right. because they're not just going to take the lien off. Now there are ways to get a lien removed once the balance has come down to a certain amount, or if you have other property that you could substitute, 
uh, very rare does that happen because Difficult. it's it's got to be four, you know, like three times the value of what the liability. You know, nobody it, it, by that point it just lets you, you and you still have a lien. It's just on other property, so it doesn't. You know, it's a rarely used thing, but they do have uh, mechanisms in place to get a lien off beforehand. But usually it's look, we got to deal with the problem. And if you come in, just like if you come in and you meet with me and you say, oh, you know, I have a tax liability. The first thing I'm going to tell you is you're going to get a lien filed and there's not anything I can do about it. I can't get it off. I can't get it, you know. So let's be upfront about that. You're not getting the lien off. Levies, I can do a lot about. You know, that requires legal work. I mean, do you think I can get your levies? I can get that going. But liens, it's going to happen. Um, and I just, you know, it's it's a matter at that point of it's going to happen. Just relax when it does. It's very passive. We're going to take care of your tax problem. That's why you're here. Let's take care of the tax problem. And then it it will take care. It will resolve itself once we take care of our it's tax problem. It's not a problem. quick fix for a yeah. lien. There's no quick fix. It's going to sure. happen. If it hasn't happened, usually it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, because it's done by the computer. Honestly, there's really no human even looking at it. It's a computer that files all the all this. I mean, it's not like we're look. I, once again, we get back to the super creditor. It's a big computer that files everything. So mm -hmm. let's don't let's don't kid ourselves and think we got a human looking at it. And you know, somebody's going to make a decision whether to or not to. Well, it's, if there is a human looking at it, they're going to file. Yeah, they're going to file it anyway. <laughs> but it's. It's I pretty, mean, it's part reason, of the check. It's one yeah. of the checkbox. The reason that the computer does it is because it's automatic. Yeah, it's sure. going to happen. Uh, if you're the one in the gazillion chance that you have a tax liability and the notice has not been filed, hey, keep living the way you're living and keep going and yeah. don't raise your head and let's take care of your tax problem. Sure. And let's hope this thing ever happens. But yeah, so so that's usually how uh, I think we handle liens. Got um, it. And, and guys, want to solve the tax problem. Sure, sure. And in switching over to levies, I mean, I know you had mentioned wage garnishments is really uh, the one of the more primary ways the IRS goes about handling yep. a levy. Walk me through this because, you know, we've touched a bit about wage garnishment, you know, in prior episodes, but this is a really big one because, if you, you know, when you think about it at its core, the main way I'm making my living is through my income. And if my income's being seized right off the top, obviously that's going to leave a drastic impact on my life, my lifestyle, X, Y, and Z. So walk me through this wage garnishment process, maybe a way to finally get your head above water if it's happening to you, and then also just kind of what the best strategies are to maybe go through addressing a lien or a wage garnishment altogether. So much there. Um, I, I know, sorry, I'm throwing you a yeah, curveball here. I know, I mean. And that's why I wanted the answer to this one early on, because I, I saw this one coming. So. Okay, so, you know, I think with uh, what people need to understand about let, let's just go with wage levies. Bank levies are really a different animal. Um, wage levies are the are the IRS's way in my in our experience. I mean, we've done thousands of these cases, so to get your attention, right? So um, if you have a wage levy, in theory, I mean, I'm not saying it generally. You know, I hate to generalize, but you have had the IRS send you multiple notices, you know, here's your tax bill, file your tax return, or if you have filed, this is your bill, you owe X dollars, pay it. Then you get another notice. Hey, you really need to pay your tax bill, and here's here's how to do it. And then you get another notice. So there's a series of notices, and then you get another notice, the final notice, that will say, look, if you don't pay your tax bill, I we are going to levy. And that's a bank levy, wage levy, whatever. And so there, there's a time period where, where there's some activity 
on your file, on, on your accounts, um, within which you have to pay attention. So what happens typically is that has passed for a lot of people or they're not paying attention or it, it happened a year or two or three years ago. Um, and then all of a sudden, a wage levy happens. So I guess my point is you could have gotten those notices a long time ago and now you have, you're experiencing a wage levy. And that's the IRS's way of saying, hey, well, you better pay attention. I need you. This is their big stick. There, we need you to get this thing fixed. Um, they will continue to to levy your wages if you don't do anything. It's going to stay there and until you get it removed. And the way to get it removed is to do something. Mm -hmm. So you either have to enter into an installment agreement, file an offer, or all the other options that we talked about, you know, in tandem, you know, in the other episodes. So you have to actively take steps to get it removed by doing something proactive with the IRS. To, to solve the issues and enter into an agreement with them to, to have it go away. Um, uh, my, my quick follow-up to that is how responsive is the IRS if you reach that agreement? So let's say I, I agree to an installment agreement. How quickly would I start seeing my wages not be, you know, not be garnished? Well, on, on that note, uh, there's a side point to that. Uh, it's, it's right away. Okay. I mean, you know, we can get that. We can get it released. You know, if I call today for an installment agreement for Ryan, um, and I get an agreement or I make a proposal, then the, the, as part of that, I request release of the levy. Got the it. Way, and, and that happens. You know, the other thing, which, you know, this kind of a whole side point is mm -hmm. um, you can appeal a lot of these things, right? So sure. if I'm working on the agreement and I'm trying to work, you know, the financials and get things in place to solve, that takes time, right? So, um, I can either file an appeal, I file a, a taxpayer advocate request requesting release of the levy while we work on things. Um, so there are other things I can do administratively to uh, to get the levy released while we work on on your final solutions. Okay. And that's the appeal, the 911. So there are things we can do, but again, you are have to be taking active steps right, and right. showing that good faith that, hey, look, I'm taking active steps. I've got my attorney calling. I want to make these requests. Can you give me 30 days? This is my plan. Um, and then we can make we can request release of the levy. And it's a letter. We get a letter on a form that says levies released, sent to the employer. Um, and then the employer has to honor that. Once they get that letter, they always release it because they mm -hmm. have something to rely on now. You know, they, they don't feel like they're in a vacuum. Gotcha. That's really interesting that it, that the element of good faith comes into play there, um, where it's you know as long as they know that active steps are being taken to address the issue at hand, that you know th they'll they'll give you a little bit back. You know they'll they'll help you help them in a way. Um, so uh, I don't want to make it sound easy. It's not. A, it, this can take time. And, and, yeah. and I would add, okay, I'll take a little. I'll give you a little different tack on that uh, than what Angie said. You know, I, I'm going to look at it from the IRS perspective. Mine is better. Of course, it's better. <laughs> always, she's, always. She's on this side, so. I, but, yeah. I, but I'm going to I'm going to try to explain it by from the IRS world and their world. Okay, they are graded, mm. promoted, judged, given rate, whatever the word is. That's the, you know by closing files. Their job is their job is not necessarily you know 
to collect the tax. They don't their work job, on contingency. Their job is to close the file. Yeah, in the old days, they did work on contingency. Yeah, that right. a, that's a different story. <laughs> Commission. You know, this, they're given, you know, their job is to close their files. Okay? Mm -hmm. So the, the wage levy or any levy is, in, just like the lien, is not to w the way that they're not, I mean, they are collecting the tax, obviously, because they're, they're seizing property. But they're not trying, they don't, the last thing they want is a continuing wage levy that's going to last for, because they haven't closed that file. That file's right. ongoing, ongoing, ongoing. Okay, so that's their leverage. They want you to call when they have the leverage. And that's, mm -hmm. from our perspective, that's what we are. We're, okay, we, we want to maintain the leverage at all time. And you, once you give them the leverage, and the, and the, the they're, they're you know, and I think where they're misleading is that they issue those levies, they get taxpayers who call, mm -hmm. oh, we, okay, yeah, mm -hmm. we're going to get the levy off, we're going to do that, and then you enter into a bad deal. And they get bad, they get very bad deals that way because they had the leverage. They took advantage of the taxpayer. Taxpayers have no idea. They, they call, agree to anything. They're giving them all the stuff. They're giving yeah. the information. They ask the questions wrong, so they give them the wrong information, which makes their deal even worse for them instead of giving them the correct information. So it's a, it's, it's a little bit more than that. Um, so so and the only other thing, right, yeah. The only other thing I'll add too. Uh, the, it you know uh, several years ago recently changed. I'm just throwing this out there just to show you how. Uh, I, I still, you know, of course, I'm the one that keeps harping. The IRS is misleading us. They're misleading us. They are like on these notices that they have to give before they can mm -hmm. do these levies and liens. I mean, Angie's right. I mean, uh, it, there's a series that they go through. Say that again. And, and as you, pardon me, <laughs> uh, no, so, uh, and as you go through the series, I mean, some of these letters are ridiculous. They're like, mm -hmm. we're going to, we're going to take everything you have. We're going to seize all your property. Pretty threatening. Well, that's wow. not even the letter that allows them to do it. But there's one letter that they have to issue, okay, that gives you your appellate rights and give, advises you of your rights. That's the letter that they have to issue before they can levy. Well, so you go through this series of all these real aggressive letters and all of a sudden you get this one little letter and it's in very little thing. It's just, hey, you have a tax liability of X. You hey, have a, you have a right passive. to appeal this within 30 days or da 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 you know. That's it. That's all it says. It doesn't tell you that, oh, we're going to levy in 30 days. So it's a very innocuous, just a very- The one that's most important The most is important the letter is the one that gets the least reaction from the taxpayer because they want that leveraged. Because once that, you know, it, it's it, it's an easy way for us to appeal and argue on appeal and get it up on appeals and make our good arguments on appeal. Mm -hmm. uh, because the appeals, now, let's let's be real about appeals. Appeals is not going to a court. It's not going to a judge, an impartial judge. It's going to a well-trained, well-seasoned IRS person that's been there a long time and knows the systems and knows the IRS rules. So you're you're appealing to the IRS, but at least you're appealing to somebody who's who's trained. And if there were errors made at the lower level, procedurally, whatever, or technically, they they will correct it and they, they will address it. They have authority and skills to do it. Yeah, and they yeah. know and they can yeah. recognize it. Um, right. So anyway. So, th so that's that's kind of but but that letter just kind of slides right. If, if if you're waiting on that that mean 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 letter to give you the deal, it's you got to really know one. what you're reading uh -huh. when it <laughs> right to the hearing, right? Sure. You need yeah. So anyway, I, I go ahead. 
No, no, absolutely. This is all great stuff. And I appreciate that insight because it is, you know, of course, obviously you guys are seasoned veterans in this space. So sure. A lot of this show, you know, you're sharing your insights from your seat, you know, working for the client, but it is also great to hear what the insight looks like uh, and the mindset really from the IRS and the other side of the table, because that's only going to help, you know, our audience understand what they're up against when it comes to each one of these situations. So guys, my, I mean, my really, my last and final question for you today would is just surround the idea of any any cases in particular that that come to the top of your mind when we're talking about liens versus levies you know is there any instance where you guys really went to battle for somebody or, or really you know had a had a maybe a just a tough stretch of conversations arguments maybe even with the irs to to work on behalf of your client because look at the end of the day as we've said time and time again on this show is if, if this is unfamiliar territory or uncharted territory for you, somebody in our audience watching or listening today, seek out professional help. The Brysons are here to help. We want to make sure that you're getting the representation you need to address these issues. But more importantly, I want to hear from you guys, you know, an example or anything like that of, of going through this process for a client of yours. What Do you have anything that jumps to the front of your mind? Uh, I, Angie has, I, I, I know that she's been in several doozies lately, so I'm sure she's got some great examples and I'll, I'll let her talk about those. But uh, the only point I want to make that we haven't made, uh, since we, you know, we are, you know, our offices are in Louisiana and we're, we're around, but in Louisiana, the LDR, what we've talked about today is completely different. Yeah. So don't anybody, if it's an LDR tax problem, the IRS and the LDR work completely completely well, any, different any state tax, and the, tax yeah, and the state yeah. tax. So the state taxes are, you know, they're, they're Louisiana does have income tax. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, well, the flip side of that is what we've said regarding the IRS applies basically across the country. Yeah. It's supposed so to apply. It goes from Florida Louisiana to Texas. is supposed to follow a lot of the same rules, but they don't. So it, it's completely different in that, uh, you know, they, they, they're they're I guess they're graded differently because they will collect the tax. And if you call them, they, you're going to get a really bad deal. Uh, it doesn't change the, the the scope. I mean, the the, the way the uh, the Louisiana Department of Revenue solves cases is uh, very illogical. It has nothing to do with actually trying to get the tax collected. I find well, it's, yeah, it's very it's, ineffective. It's like apples and oranges. Um, so. You know, ineffective for like a taxpayer who really wants to resolve their problem. It's more or less, uh, you know, it it's it, they will they will just seize all day long and they don't really care. So gotcha. And Angie, any any particular case though, in particular, you know, that no, jumps out to you? I'm trying to figure out which one I want to talk about more. Um, but I, I'll I'm going to go with so this particular one. You know, we represent a business uh, that has some business tax issues, and they and the the owner also has some personal tax issues. Um, so it's kind of a mess. But mm-hmm. um, there was a lien filed, um, and we were working with. We've requested that. Um, with that, the IRS uh, subordinate the lien uh, so that this particular taxpayer can go and uh, get a second mortgage on some equity to remove some equity from his residence, the, re- the residence. Um, well, that, you know, the, the taxpayer spent a lot of time working with a local mortgage company and got a commitment letter from the mortgage company, which is step number one. You know, then we take that. Uh, so you've got to get the lien removed to have the whole thing. Tra- it's contingent on having the lien removed, obviously, the whole mm-hmm. transaction. So um, now the step. So we've got the commitment letter. The, the you know bending. This guy's bending over backwards to get it done. Um, and so now, step two is to go to the IRS and say, hey, we've got this deal together. This is what this going to deal is going to yield dollar wise. Um, 
will you subordinate the lien to the the creditor? It's just you know their position is is number two, and we need them to be number three so the new creditor can step into number two and secure its loan. That took almost three months to wow. get a response for, uh, which meant that the taxpayer, uh, and then, so we get a response and it's a typical response. Yes. If you pay X dollars, we will subordinate. Okay. So, um, in the meantime, the interest rates gone up, um, and the mortgage package is now expired, mm. you know, with the lender because they only, they can only do these deals and secure these deals for so long in the, you know, the mortgage business. So now we're basically starting over now, essentially, you know, the mortgage broker's done because it's not good business practice for this person to keep chasing, the, <laughs> chasing this loan. They're not making any money on it. Let's be real. So they're, they're done hands off, let go of the rope. Um, and now we've got the IRS through a revenue officer saying, if you don't get this paid in full, this number, which was the commitment letter we had previously, if you don't get it done now, we're going to come in and seize this other piece of property, seize it, which is execute on the lien. It's now active at that point. We're going to take you to court. We're going to get a local you know, person because they have to do that to seize and sell property. Um, we're going to seize this piece of property if you don't pay, pay it in this amount, which is a lot of money. It's not easy mm -hmm. um, by, by this date. And these people are, and, and I believe uh, normally I would say, ah, this person's bluffing from the IRS, but I think, I think she's serious because, um, it's been a long time and the circumstances are, it's just messy, you know? Okay. So I guess my point is that, um, had they acted timely and, and if we, you know, we, we could have gotten this transaction done. There was an attorney involved to close the deal. The mortgage broker was ready. We had to wait and wait and wait and badger this person to get this commitment letter. Um, and now we're at the beginning, you know, we're where we were essentially three months ago. Poor taxpayers frustrated, you know, I, I can't fix that, you know, mm -hmm. but um, and now what do we do? You know, so we're, th we, we're facing seizure and the need to full pay a bunch of a big tax bill, which he would have paid previously if he could have. Let's be real. Why would he have paid me? help him with his problem if he could have done it then. Right. And, and so the unreasonableness of the situation now with the thir this 30 day deal with the seizure and it, it, it's just very frustrating on my end. We're going to fix it. Don't, don't get me wrong. Uh, we've got some, some things working, but I, I guess the takeaway is that it's better to, to be proactive, um, mm -hmm. and to keep pushing, pushing, pushing through and to be persistent because we will get to a good place for, for this person. I'm confident of that. Um, but waiting and sitting around and not doing something because you think it's dormant and which it may be, it is not the best answer. Like it's very, it's important In to do case, things. Is that the same case that I'm thinking of where they, they levied the credit card processor and they had the wrong, well, yeah, the it's, wrong it's just messy. Yeah. Everything is wrong about that case. Um, mm -hmm. That, that's the thing. Yeah. 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 Well, if anything, yeah. no, that's a great story. And it's a testament to anybody in our audience that th this can become a messy process if you let it. And I mean, we've said it time and time again on the show. It's it's being proactive, or, you know, coming in, you know, getting professional help, have your documentation in order and ready to go, ready to take those proactive steps to address the issue, because it's only going to compound. And I love that you you mentioned the word dormant, because I think a lot of people tend to think that because they're not getting regular communication 
information from the IRS means that, oh, my issue's just kind of in limbo. It's not. It's in the queue, and they will get there. So exactly. make sure that you... Right. And it's funny you should say that because uh, COVID, uh, you know, last year, March, whatever, the IRS agreed as a matter of principle said we're not going to mm. we're not going to issue any more liens and levies for a period of time during this COVID pandemic. Mm-hmm. Well, we're here to tell you that that's over. That principle is <laughs> over because it is happening. Um, I know for a fact because. Uh, I saw the liens myself filed and the levies filed with, you know, so there they are. The IRS is is the the covid dormancy is over and they're it seems coming doubling up. Uh, They're they're doubling down, I should say, actually. they're, they're, yeah, they're out. They're back collecting now. So. Sure. Lost time to make up for at this point of the game, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, hey, uh, guys, great conversation today on liens and levies. Is there anything else that maybe I didn't ask you about in this respect that you want to make sure that our audience takes home today? We didn't talk a lot about bank levies, but I mean, you know, um, you, it's the same principle. I mean, do I something. I don't know how much time we have, but that, uh, you know, the, the a very common a difficult issue for us is that factoring. You know, when you have factoring companies involved in the issue of levy. That's a whole but different. That's a different that, podcast. Yeah, but say, that, may take, <laughs> that may take thirty minutes right yeah. there, just trying to do that legally. It is, but it's a classic example of how the IRS is a super, super creditor. creditor. Yeah. Because they leapfrog. Leapfrog somebody. They just start leapfrogging creditors and they grabbing. And these poor mm-hmm. factoring companies are kind of left out. Uh, you know. So anyway, but. Yeah. Um, well, stay tuned. It sounds like we've got another topic ready <laughs> for another episode. Well, hey, yeah. guys, look, really appreciate your time then today, uh, kind of dissecting this question. I know this is a, one of the bigger FAQs that you guys have on your website that you're asked about regularly. So a lot of key takeaways, a lot of good strategies, and, and really a great conversation overall. So thank you again for your time. Really appreciate it today. Thank, thank you, you, Ryan. Thank you. And look, hey, we want to thank you, our audience, for joining us for yet another edition of Talking Tax. If you liked what you saw, you liked what you heard today, remember, feel free to like this content wherever you're checking it out. Comment, subscribe to the show, and of course, share. Share it all, uh, you know, with friends and families. As you know, it's serious tax talk with a Louisiana twist, so we're naturally addressing those topics that pertain to you that could befall upon you from the IRS. And we'd hate for you to go into any situation that deals with the IRS unequipped without that knowledge and those tools in your belt to be able to tackle the situation at hand. So for Carrie and Angie Bryson, I'm Ryan Ruff saying so long. We thank you so much for joining us on today's edition of Talking Tax.